Alleluia, Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Please be seated. Even though it sometimes terrorizes young children, going through the car wash is an otherwise fun experience. You pull up all dusty, snow melt and salt covered. You sit in your car and watch the magic happen. In dirty, out clean. But it would be a bit confusing to pull up to the car wash with your dirty car, only to have a guy knock on your window, hand you a hamburger, and ask if you want fries with that. It's a car wash. You went there to have your car washed. That was the point. If they don't wash cars, they're not a car wash. They're something else. The Lord has instituted his church on earth to forgive sins, to wash us clean of sin and shame. It's the whole point. Like a car wash that gives hamburgers instead of washing cars, if the church doesn't forgive sins, it's not the church. It's something else. On the cross, Jesus paid for the forgiveness of all sins, gaining eternal life and salvation for all the world. Salvation won. And the Lord Jesus, who purchased and won that forgiveness on the cross by his blood, he wants that forgiveness delivered to sinners in his church. That's what Jesus was instituting on that first Easter evening in our gospel reading from John 20. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. The disciples were huddled together in a locked room in fear. Fear of the Jews, that is, the religion of the law that brings accusation and leaves sinners in despair. They were in fear of the curse of the law, which leaves no way out and brings only condemnation. They were in fear of death, afraid that they might face the same death faced by their Jesus. They had guilt and shame for their actions and inactions as Jesus was betrayed and executed. Guilt, shame, fear, and worry. You can sense the panic that was growing in that room. What are we going to do? What's going to happen next? Into their fear and panic, Jesus appears and says, Peace be with you. And he showed them his hands and his side, saying, I'm not just saying, calm down, it's okay, but look at my hands and side. Peace has been gained with God 
in heaven, there's nothing you need to ever fear again. All has been overcome. You are reconciled to God. Sins forgiven by my death. Eternal life won by my resurrection. Devil crushed. So a lot was wrapped up in that simple peace be with you. And then he sent them out to forgive sins. Now wait a second. I thought Jesus died on the cross to forgive sins. So the disciples can just walk around forgiving sins? If it were that easy, why did Jesus bother dying? He could have just sent out the disciples first and avoided the whole cross thing. Wouldn't that have been easier? Forgiveness was won by the death of Jesus on the cross, but it is not delivered there. The risen Lord Jesus sent out his apostles to deliver the forgiveness that he had won by his cross. Where sins are forgiven, that is the job and that is the location of the Lord's church. A church without the forgiveness of sins is no church. Whoever sins you forgive, says Jesus, they are forgiven. And so today we call this confession and absolution, words spoken on earth that have been sent from heaven by God himself. And so they are words that carry the full force of God in heaven. When the pastor forgives sins, it's just as valid and certain as though God dealt with you himself. In our worship, we begin with confession and absolution, and we together confess our sins in a generic kind of way to God. And then the pastor announces forgiveness in an equally generic kind of way. But it is for you, although it is spoken to everyone. It is for you personally. We call this corporate confession and absolution, and it's good. But it's not exactly what the Lord instituted on that first Easter evening. He gave absolution in a more private way. Unfortunately, private confession and absolution has been made infamous by Roman Catholic abuses and movie clips of confessional booths. But abuse does not mean that Jesus did not still give a great gift. The fact is, we each have sins that burden us specifically and individually, addictions that plague only you, skeletons that are only in your closet, and memories that shame only you. The Lord Jesus knows that, and so he instituted confession and absolution for you, so that his children could confess their sins to God through their pastor and that same sinner would hear the forgiveness of those sins from God himself through the lips of a pastor. People confess their sins all the time. You know this. How many hairdressers, bartenders, and best friends hear confession? People want to get their sin off of their chest. And they want to be justified. That's why we do it. We tell people what we've done wrong, so someone will tell us that ultimately 
what we did wasn't so bad, or we did the right thing, and most importantly, we want someone to tell us it's going to be okay. The Lord Jesus doesn't think that that's good enough, and you don't either. Jesus wants sins forgiven, not justified as simply not being so bad. He wants them off of your chest and on his cross so he can forgive them. When you find yourself burdened by some specific sin or shame, when the devil brings his repeated accusation to bring you to guilt, when you find yourself in a locked room alone and afraid, the Lord Jesus wants his peace spoken to you. And by the way, when a pastor is ordained into the holy ministry, he vows to God to forgive the sins of those who repent and never to divulge the sins confessed to him, ever. That is, sins confessed to the pastor are left in the office, given to the cross, and they die there. Forgiveness is then spoken to that specific sin. Corporate confession absolution is great, but just know that the Lord has also given you private confession, so you have somewhere to run and someone to confess to and to have your sins specifically forgiven. Peace be with you, says Jesus. Whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Peace was spoken into panic. And the Lord's church hasn't needed to panic ever since. Christ has risen and all enemies are overcome. We have no need to panic or fear. The Lord of peace who has overcome sin in the grave continues to speak his forgiveness to you today, that you would know that your sins are forgiven before God in heaven. Now over 175 years ago in Saxon, Germany, the forgiveness of sins was being compromised and the freedom of the gospel was being restrained. So a group of confessional Lutherans, persecuted for trying to worship faithfully, sold all their stuff and hopped on a boat to America. They came through the Gulf of Mexico, up the Mississippi, and settled off of the Mississippi River about 100 miles south of St. Louis. It was hilly, rocky, and mosquito-y, but it remained, it reminded them of home. They built a church first, since that was the main reason why they came over in the first place. And finally, in late April of 1847, 175 years ago this month, they formed what we know today as the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod in St. Louis, uniting Lutherans across the country who shared in their same confession of faith. It's just a name. It's actually an inconveniently long one. So we abbreviate LCMS. It's just because it makes it easier to find other Christians who share in our confession of faith. And it makes it easier for you to find the peace of sins forgiven when you travel or when you move. It's just a name, but the fundamental, fundamental gift of the church has always been the same. The Lord delivering the forgiveness that was won on the cross to you. 
The peace of sins forgiven on earth has continued to go forth among us ever since. We give thanks this day for the confession made by those Lutheran Christians before us and pray for the same courage and zeal to stand firm in the face of persecution today. A church without the forgiveness of sins isn't a church at all. So we pray that the forgiveness of sins, the preaching of Christ crucified for sinners, would remain central to all that we do in this place. And we pray that our Lord Jesus would continue to appear to us in our times of fear, sin, and guilt, that he'd enter our locked rooms with his word and sacraments and bring the peace of sins forgiven on earth and in heaven. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Alleluia. We stand for prayer.